Twatteens One Street from the Evening Telegraph. The only podcast as obsessed with Dundee and Dundee United as you are. This week, United up to fourth after well win. He bounced back with Tynecastle success. And Ewan loves the lichties. Hello, welcome to the latest edition of Twa Teams One Street. And what a special edition it is too. I'm Tom Duthie, and I can tell you that I'm definitely joined this week by George Cran. Hello. Graham Finnan. Hello everyone. And Ewan Smith. Hello, how can you say definitely? Because you've never actually seen me in the office before. It might not be Ewan Smith who's sitting across from me. <laughs> Ewan, I'm trying to build this up to a big... Big piece of news, and you've, oh, you've never seen me in the office before. <laughs> so everyone now knows we're actually, for the first time when someone says it's two years, Twa Teams has been done face-to-face. It's not a bonny sight no. either. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, nobody would mistake us for a beauty pageant, that's for sure. But anyway, it's great to be all together in the same room doing this. And on with the football. Ewan, since you're here. Dundee United, a much-needed home win. Yeah, you've just been saying to me beforehand that I'm always positive about Dundee United, even when they were on that six-game losing streak. But do you know what? They were actually very, very good last night. Take aside the first 13 seconds when they should have gone behind, when there was a, a stunning effort from Sean Goss that hit the crossbar. They were actually on it all night. They were Their tempo was much better than it's been. They've been... I think there's been criticism by from some of the supporters that they've been passing the ball side to side. They haven't been, they haven't been, you know, playing incisive passing and everything like that. But last night the tempo was really good. I think they were helped by Kevin McDonald being in the middle of the park. He's very calm, composed, experienced player. Um, but Tony Watt was buzzing about, and yeah, and what a strike from Dylan Levitt. I don't know if you've seen the the goal in the highlights, but of course, outstanding effort from him. You know, in the half folly into the top corner. Um, so they go in one 0 up at half time, and, uh, and at that point, genuinely, you think they've won the game because Dundee United's defence is so secure right now. That's the one thing that's kept going. And then in the second half, they come out and they're they're on it for the the, the whole of the second half, and um, it was just a matter of time when they'd score. I'm not going to say that Motherwell didn't have chances because they did have chances. They were always looking dangerous, but um, yeah, it was a very comfortable, secure victory. And and as Tam Court said after the game, it was. It was almost like one of these magical nights of football for, for Dun United where everything just went right, you know. Kevin McDonald played his first game in um, 19 months after um, his kidney transplant. Absolutely fantastic. I think the world of football is delighted to see him play football again. Um, and they even had time for Rory McLeod, who is 16 in six days, uh, to come on and become the youngest ever Dundee United player. So, great night all round. Fourth place. I don't know what else they can... No, nobody can argue with anything. Yeah, you said magical. Something that occurred to me coming in, which is much more difficult for me to come in. <laughs> I, I, I go up three stairs to do this usually. But anyway, enough of me. The, it, it looks on paper a good solid run-of-the-mill victory, goal in each half, clean sheet. Is that maybe what they needed? Oh, they desperately needed it, to be honest with you. I mean, the table is so tight, condensed, I mean it's still that way that last night before they kicked a ball if Dundee United lost the game and teams below them had won, they could have dropped down to ninth place and then the irony is they go and they win one match of football and then they take over Hibs and they take over Motherwell and they go into fourth place and suddenly 
we're going from talking about, oh, is that a struggle down the bottom? Are you going to try and stave off to talking about European football? Absolutely crazy that 90 minutes of football can turn it around so quickly. But hopefully for Dundee United's perspective, this is a catalyst for them. Um, they've got Partick Thistle in the Scottish Cup on Saturday, but hopefully in the league they can kick on, albeit they've got Rangers at home um, after they come back from the Scottish Cup duty. So um, it could be a very good season for Dundee United still, but it could still go the other way as we look how tight the league is. Yeah, Bear, you look, as Ewan says, at the league and it's very tight, but United are back up to fourth. They haven't had a good time of it in the last few months. That, that in itself, does that give teams confidence when they ha- they've won, they've had a couple of draws, they're still in the Scottish Cup? Players, the players go, hopefully, I mean, that's our bad patch over. If we're strong for the rest of the season, it's going to be a really good season. Yeah, it could be that. It could be that. I think every team's has a bad patch and they're all entitled to that. And if that's United's bad patch and they find them, they've just come out of it and they find themselves in fourth, then they are in for a really good season. But I think what we've seen is you've seen in that sort of, it's not the middle section, it's more of the bulk of the league. You know, teams like Aberdeen, Hibs and Motherwell, they have certainly had a bad patch and they've been dragged back into it, if you like. You know, when, when it looked like there was an for a while it was an automatic split it was the top six and the bottom six but now you're seeing it's wide open and a couple of good results gets you up there but I always felt United especially with, I've got to go back to the goalkeeper Benjamin Sigrisson the goal he keeps more than his fair share of clean sheets the United that aren't guilty of hemorrhaging goals giving away soft goals even even during their, their bad spell they weren't scoring goals but they weren't really losing too many bad goals they've now started scoring again and then, you know, I suppose it was, as, as uh, Tam Coates has, has said, that for Tony Watt to get a goal last night, whether he can now go on to become as, as prolific as he was in the first half of the season remains to be seen. But I always felt confident that he would he would get goals for United. And if he does hit that purple patch again, then United have got every right to think that they can finish in that, in that top four and, and claim a European spot because you're looking at the teams around them you know, I, I don't think defensively that, you know, there's none of them will, will certainly uh, keep clean sheets the way United do. And if Tony Watts up the other end banging in goals, it only leads the one thing, more points on the board. And, and they can put a bit of a gap between themselves and the teams. You know, teams that, teams that probably realistically think they can take a European spot. A lot of these teams in the, in the league, you know, and any team that's sitting in that, in that bunch can rightly say they can finish in that top four. But most of them, even teams like Livingston, probably even St Mirren, you know, Ross County. I, I saw David Martindale last night on the TV and he's still got an eye over his shoulder. He's, he's still worried about getting dragged in, into the relegation. Playoff places. Whereas I think United, with the team they've got, they should be they should now be more looking ahead and thinking, as I say, if Tony Watt and, and, and a few others weigh in, they can genuinely think that they could take a, fo- a top four spot. And the other teams amongst them, Aberdeen would think that, but Aberdeen are moving in the wrong direction. Hibs would probably think that. They're moving in the wrong direction. So it's, it's there for United if, if, if they can keep, get themselves on the move again. And, and why not? They, they, they did well last night. 2 nothing against a good Motherwell side. Yeah, and George, it's, I mean, it's great they're in fourth place. And we've, maybe because we're a bit more detached with the exception of fanboy Ewan <laughs> over here. But the, the fans have been moaning but mm. restless recently, so a big win for Tam Courts. Yeah, I, th- I think he, he needed it. The team needed it. I, th- I think Tony Watt probably needed a goal as well. The striker always needs to get off the mark. But yeah, there was a bit of disgruntlement over the weekend after uh, the 0-0 draw with St. Johnson that 
obviously nil nil draw in the derby as well and they hadn't had that many opportunities to it's, it's, it's to funny score. it's funny how they had a run of defeats and the fans stayed quite calm but <laughs> but St. John, St. Johnson on too. Saturday they, yeah. they seem to be that I don't know if it was a final straw for some of them but they, they seem to be like yeah. how can we not win against 10 men yeah one of the, a team that's been struggling all season and it seemed to I think ignite that, something I think that's the, the point that St. Johnson and Dundee have been struggling all season and, and United didn't really look as dominant as the fans would like them to, to be uh, I would say but then suddenly we were talking just before about how much how quickly things can change one win and suddenly they've only lost once in five they've got eight points from 15 a couple of clean sheets in there it's Turns the, all that negative stuff in a positive just by you getting one result. Away with all these stats, you. Oh, look, it's free clinches, but I'll let them Is it three? Like, <laughs> oh, I forgot last night. That's why. Yeah, fair enough. That's why I'm not the stats boy. Yeah. But it's amazing. And then, Tony, what you've been praising these performances, but as George just said, a striker, particularly a new club, you want that goal. Yeah, he does, but I mean, he is a fantastic all-round player, to be honest with you. He has, I mean, he's played seven games for Dundee United, he'd gone six without scoring, but he changed the the, the dyna dynamism, I don't know if that's the right word, of the attack. Dynamic. You know, he was like, well, he's, he was, he's a dynamic player, you know, he, he runs, he buzzes about, he wins the ball, you know, he sets up chances for players, and there is so much more to his game than just scoring goals, but you're right, he said himself on Saturday after St. Johnston game that he needs to score goals, and he, he got off the mark last night, and as Tam Court said, it was probably written in the stars he was going to score against his old club, wasn't it? You know, he was getting a lot of stick from the Motherwell fans, I don't think the Motherwell fans are, are too pleased with the way he left the club. He was getting stuck from Alan Burrows so on the sports scene. He was. The 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 Burrows, chief executive. <laughs> yeah, he was, and he has responded to that. We'll see a, a, an interview in the, in the paper. He, he has responded to that, and I think they've made up since then. Oh, um, okay. And he has been quite... Uh, uh, fulsome in his praise of Alan Burrows and what he's done for his career and, and reigniting his career by getting him to Motherwell getting him back in Scottish football and getting him uh, back on a level so I think that's Kirsten made up but yeah obviously on the TV I think he was actually talking about how he was scared his wife had seen it on TV you know so um, <laughs> the, the bust up but yeah in terms of his goals it's really important Dundee United bought him primarily for his goals I mean he was the top goal scorer in the, the league when they signed him and they bought him because they desperately needed goals. They're still That is still their problem, but defensively they're really sound. And the point that Bear's making about the defence, let's they've, they've kept three clean sheets in a row. They've done that without Charlie Mulgrew. Um, and Charlie, Charlie Mulgrew's been out, and it's, it's almost a makeshift defence. I mean, they've got Char Callum Butcher, who's dropped back into defence. Um, Ryan Edwards is the only one constant that's been there since the start of the season. Liam Smith just come back from long-term injury. Last night, Niskanen was playing as a, in a wing-back role. And Ross Graham, I mean, I've spoken about him before, but he's been absolutely phenomenal for Dundee United in the last four games. I say he's only played four games for Dundee United, but he came on the back of a very difficult loan spell at Dunfermline where, where the supporters were were on his back at the film and he was losing a lot of games and the United fans who hadn't seen him at that point must have wondered oh what are we getting here but I think he's quickly changed their minds and I think a lot of Dundee United fans are wondering how did Dun Dunfermline not spot his talent and on top of all that the fairy tale stories we've touched on already Kevin McDonald it's when's when's the film being made Ewan <laughs> do you know what I think the whole of the whole of football I mean 
I think even Dundee fans were maybe a little bit disappointed he started his mm. career at Dens and he's now he's now walked across the road and he's he could finish his career at the other side of the, the street. Um I think even some of the Dundee fans will be heartwarmed to see that he's back on a football pitch. Nineteen months since he last kicked the ball. He played his last game for Fulham in the championship semi final playoff in a two 0 win over Cardiff. On the 10th of July 2020, I was doing my research. And what, and how was the weather that day? <laughs> I was, I was a little bit sunny, but, <laughs> but, um, but I mean, see, uh, the serious point is to see him out on a field, kicking a ball again, getting through. That's his home. That's what he's grown up as a little boy wanting to do, and what he's gone through in his life. You know, getting a kid to the transplant from his brother. Um, and getting back out and playing football is just incredible. And genuinely, I think everybody in the stadium last night um, really puts their heart out to him and thinks, you know, it's fantastic to see you out there. And what a quality player he is. You know, let's see what he can go on and do now. That's what I was going to say. Uh, you you were there and the, the romance of it, the emotion of it, it's all great. And we're all delighted to see Kevin back because he's genuinely a very nice guy. Did he look like Kevin McDonald when the ball was at his feet? He did, but I, I spoke to him last night after the game and he was quite critical of his own performance. You know, he, he felt that he can bring so much more to the game, but I already could see the difference he's made to that midfield. I mean, I think it's his presence, his experience. I mean, he's played over 400 games at a very high level in English football and you can see that. And for Dundee. Yeah, Dundee, Dundee <laughs> yeah, Dundee. That was a long time ago, though. That was like 2006 or something. He was at that was a whole kidney ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hey, he played for Dundee, actually. There's a point. He played it for Dundee. Eh? No, he, he played for Dundee when Rory McLeod was actually born. There you go. My so you goodness. think about that. You think about that. Rory McLeod was on, wasn't on the same part because Rory McLeod came on after Kevin had been substituted, but they... They, they were in that team last night and Rory McLeod was, was born in 2006 and Kevin McDonald was playing for Dundee, so that outlays that. But yeah, I mean, he's got real class. Um, he maybe played a couple of uh, visionary passes that I think, and in another game, they will come off and they will really cause opposition teams damage. Um, and I think alongside Dylan Levy, who we've spoken about so many times as being one of a really talented player that's going to go very, very far in the game, I think that's a very good uh, midfield yeah, Bear, is that, to combine two subjects, Tam Courts and Kevin McDonald, is, is another example, Tam Courts seems to have huge faith in the quality of his training because he sees things in, he sees things during the week and he'll put kids in. I don't think anybody expected Kevin McDonald to start a game this quickly. No, no and it's, it's strange, I was just going to say something, something about that and just going back to the defence that, Charlie McGrew's been out, obviously, for these games, but they still rack up clean sheets. And we've seen that this season, uh, you know, Tam Court's introducing players, and I'm doing exceptionally well. And it means, Tam, Tam Dotty, it means that whatever United are no, doing... No, I've put out a press release this morning, <laughs> and I would like to be known as Thomas from now on. <laughs> okay, Thomas. <laughs> uh, yeah, it means that whatever United are doing on the training pitch mirrors exactly what they're expected to do in the park and that's a great thing and it means that when a player does get plucked from the reserve shall we say and put in he doesn't feel out of place because the job that he's doing in training he just slots in and does that job and it's effective and it works and everybody seems to know what they're doing and for a guy like Kevin McDonald obviously who's been 10 times around the block and is pretty experienced anyway he's obviously picked up on that as well so he's slotted in quite comfortably going in there you know and as as uh, Ewan says, having him sitting in there and you've got guys like Sir Levitt, who has been outstanding for United, and Ian Harks, who I think Ian Harks is a terrific player, 
I think there's some sometimes in games he, he, he drops in and out of games if he could just get the, the you know the the percentage of, of his involvement in a game a wee bit more but you know he, he's got great legs he's got great vision we saw that with a few passes last night he can take a goal it gives United a real solid platform to, to go on but I would echo what uh, Ewan says about Kev McDonald I mean I'm a Dundee fan and he is going to get pelters in the next derby and there's no doubt about that but and you just shrug them off because yeah, that's what absolutely. he always does. It's an easy going lad. I remember, Tom, going back to, I think he came into the Dundee team, you're right enough, 2005, 2006, I think it was just after Jim Duffy had left, Alan Kernan had come in, they were coming out of administration, there was absolutely no money whatsoever. Alan Kernan was forced to throw in kids, he had no option. And guys that came in at that point in time were uh, uh, Kevin McDonald, um, Paul Dixon, Scott Robertson, that's three I can think of straight off the top of my head, but there was about half a dozen of them came in. Now, a lot of these guys of Dundee had, hadn't had gone into administration and, and you know, they'd had a bit of cash. These guys might never have been given the opportunity to get a foothold in a first-team football because the manager might be tempted to play more experienced players, but they grasped it, and, and you know, and, and there were two, two or three of them went on, and Kevin's a, a shining example of doing very well. Scotty Robertson and, and Paul Dixon are, are, did well, have done well in their careers too. And it's great to see Kevin back. I think as as much as it, it goes to see him in a Dundee United strip, I think we're just, you know, it's really pleasing to see that he can come back and play at that level again. And hopefully he can now see out the rest of of his career at a, a, a decent level and, and, and do well, but just not in the derby matches. A wee story about Kevin actually going back to his time at Dundee. Um, Dundee got decent money for him, for him rather, uh, from Burnley. But uh, I remember speaking to his manager at the time, Alec Ray. He was furious because his advice had been just, just he knew he was going to lose him. He said, just hang on a wee while and you'll get so much more because he has so much ability. And Alec was absolutely, he was incandescent with rage because he'd said to Dundee, no, just bide your time. There's more money to come for this boy, much more money. And, and, and he was adamant that they made a mistake taking the, the Burnley offer as soon as they did. Yeah, I mean, that, that makes a lot of sense when you go and see what he actually did in English football. I mean, he's played, like I say, he played over 100 games for Fulham. He's played at Wills, played at Sheffield United. Am I right in saying that? Yeah, yeah, he was Excellent. very, very popular yeah. at Sheffield United. Yeah, I think they were very reluctant when the lot, I think he went Sheffield United, Fulham. Yeah, uh, I I mean, well, I mean, obviously, latterly, Fulham, you know, it, I mean, I think Fulham, I think when he identifies with English football, the way he talks, I think Fulham's a club that he most identifies with now, you know, when he talks about, and I think that's maybe because they helped him, you know, when he realised he might have to step away from football, he was doing some coaching with under 23s, but what a career he's had down in English football, we have to have so much respect for that, and... I think he'll be very influential in that dressing room. I think Apart from the day he went to the pub at half-time when he got substituted <laughs> against Manchester yeah. City. I thought it was only our broth we did that when we walked <laughs> <all> across <laughs> the party's <laughs> nook. I, wor I worked there in those halcyon days. It was great to get a nip at half-time. <laughs> so that was not a criticism of Kevin McDonald because been there, done that. <laughs> yeah, but you didn't play football, did you? That's, that's the difference. I, d I didn't even watch it. <laughs> I just went because I knew there was a pub across the road that you could nip out at half-time and get a drink. Right, and if I did work in press boxes with you in days gone by and you weren't watching the game, to be honest with you, don't tell now. That's trade secrets, you. Thirty-one years has arrived, and you just go and you just go and let the cat out the bag. But yeah, no. But I mean, serious point. I think he will have influence not just on the park, but I think off the park as well. And it's 
He's, it's not somebody that's come up here and decided, well, we'll see how it works out. He's, he's back home. He's back living in, at home in Carnoustie. Um, he's back with all his family. All his family live there. He's, he's settled here. He's got a young daughter who's six months old. And the whole point for him moving back up to this part of the world was to to be back and, and put roots down. So um, I think if he does well and he gets through to the end of the season, I think he'll probably stay at Dundee United beyond this season. But he is only at this point contracted until the end of the season. Be interesting to see, and be interesting to see after his first game if he's on duty at the weekend. George, you can let you you know what I expect as United go down to Partick Thistle in the Scottish Cup. Okay, I, what? What can what can I let him know? <laughs> you were there last season. I've relegated Dundee already, haven't I? <laughs> Partick were in League One. Oh. <laughs> Well, that's the beauty yeah, of doing it face to face. Yeah, no, I've not People been are throwing things at me now. <laughs> I've not been at Firhill in, in years, I don't think. Really? But they are a good team. So it's a challenge. Yeah, and they've got uh Dundee Loney down there at Alex he could be, that could be an interesting one for. And how's he doing, George? It's I think he started quite well. Um I was hoping you'd make a mistake like I <laughs> <laughs> Their game was called off at the weekend, so that didn't help. They were supposed to be playing my team. It'll be an interesting one. Going back to you and because he'll have some stats. Well, that, well one thing United will have to be wary of is the pitch isn't great down at Firhill. So the game was called off on Saturday because Queen's Park have been using it as well. Yeah. It's because they're not at Hamden anymore. So that'll be an interesting one for United to get. History, to get the I can imagine. Throughout history, uh, Partick, I suppose it's a financial thing, but Partick, they get a decent pitch and then they share with somebody <laughs> yeah. and the pitch yeah. is a disaster. Uh, yeah, they've done it. Uh, they've, they've shared with rugby clubs in the past, and everything. Oh, they've, you know, they've shared. I think they shared with Clyde. They've shared with. Am I right in thinking Hamilton as well? At one, yeah, they at have, one point, they have shared with Hamilton as well. And it, and it always what you end up with is lots of games postponed. Yeah, but they'll be tough for United on Saturday. And McCall, he always likes playing against these many old clubs. Yeah, it will be tough. And if you actually, he is still manager. He is still manager. <laughs> Brian, Brian, <laughs> Brian yeah. Graham scored a hat trick yeah. last night as well. Like yeah. United boys. So. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, well, Jimmy Bones still playing for me. Maybe. <laughs> uh, might be. I see we're in a time warp today. Jo- John Lambie. Oh, uh, John Lambie. The John Lambie. Yeah. What a character he was. But anyway, but but Partick Thistle. Yeah, I mean, if you look, actually look at the Championship table, they are. I think they're down in fifth. I'm right in saying at the moment, but they've got so many games in hand that they can actually go to within two points of two points of um, a broth at the top. You know, so that's that's how tight it really is there. So. And Did Ian anybody Mc... get the time with the first half bro? <laughs> oh, I said that you just ago. You missed it when I was talking about Totty's Nook. Oh, of course. <laughs> I, I throw them in. I throw them in so often that you just miss them now. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but um, and in all seriousness, another point I had to make is that Ian McCall is what you would class as a cup manager as well. You know, he gets his players up for these games, and I know it's a long time since he was Dundee United manager, but he's the type of guy that will still have a little bit of edge to him because he's playing against a club that he used to manage. So I think it'll be difficult in the pitch. We can't discount the, the fact the pitch. I think the pitch at McDermott Park wasn't good on Saturday because there'd been a deluge of water. And I think that was a, a point that I heard a few of the players, the United players, talking about after the game, uh, why they were disappointed with the, the creativity. And, you know, they didn't create enough chances against St. Johnston. So I hope that doesn't play against the United, but they need to just remember what they did last night and they've got a real opportunity to go far in the Scottish Cup again. Any chance of Charlie Mulgrew? I think there will be. Um, I think he I think he was um, 
edging to closer to fitness from what I gather for the game last night. So I think there will be a chance. But as we say, the, the defence hasn't... They've lost one goal in four games. I mean, so it's... I, I know Charlie McGrew is the player that, that comes straight back in there, but it's going to be very difficult for Tam Courts to turn around to Ross Graham now and say, look, you're going to step out, although Ross Graham will accept that as a young player. But, yeah, um, I think he'll edge closer to it. I think one player they're missing as well that players, the fans really like is Kieran Freeman, and he, he's probably going to miss the game, I would imagine. So, but, I mean, the reason I asked you about Charlie McGrew, um, a Scottish Cup tie, Tam Courts will know this, against a team that's looking to take a scalp. You like your experienced players. Mulgrew back in the centre of the defence would be good. Callum Butcher move forward to central midfield. I'm picking the team and defining the tactics here. I've got a right to do that if I want. <laughs> but what I'm thinking, on a dodgy surface, they're two players, two experienced players who they'll play the conditions rather than stick to their principles or want to get the ball down and pass all the time. And that, that could be useful in a game like that. You're spot on with that, and that's what Tam Courts did against St Johnston Saturday. He realised in the first half it wasn't working for them passing the ball, and he took off Dylan Levitt, who is the as the player that likes to pass yeah. the ball along the deck, and he moved Callum Butcher into that that de de defensive midfield role. And you're spot on. So that could be the case. And Charlie McGrew's won. Let's not forget he's won the Scottish Cup a couple of times with Celtic. He knows what it takes. And um, he did an interview with Dun United TV earlier in the season, and he was talking quite openly about his ambitions to win the cup with Dun United. So I think. Yes, if he's back, I'm not going to say Charlie McGrew has to wait in the sidelines for weeks to get back. But it's just it's it's a comfortable problem. It's a difficult. It's a, a happy problem for Tam Courts to have that he's going to have to say to somebody, "Look, you might have to sit aside because Charlie McGrew's back." Great stuff. After this, we'll have the joy of discussing another victory for a Dundee club in the same round of fixtures. Who knew? Right. You and just you go and play with your toys. This is the part we've been waiting for. Dundee won a game. George. It's been a while. You were there. Saturday what? afternoon. It was all over for me after the loss to Ross County at home, having taken the lead. Then they go to Hearts and win. What happened? Know. Well, football. Who can predict it? I, I think a lot of people would... Uh, giving up the ghost on on Saturday afternoon. I think particularly the way Dundee started against Ross County was really good and then obviously threw it away with some a couple of really poor goals. But then as has been the way on the on the dreams we picked for the last couple of seasons, going bad runs and then suddenly they pull a result out of nowhere and get themselves back on track. It's, it's amazing how often they've been able to do that. And and they were I think in the end they, they probably deserved their win down at Hearts that first half they were maybe a wee bit lucky to, to kind of hang in the game but they did it goalie was came on a game he struggled a wee bit at the start but Ian Lawler made some really good saves and then they took their chances uh, Danny Mullen with a very good uh, poked finish at the end that I called a header in a, in a headline and all my copy and didn't notice until I saw sports scene but it was, it was a big big header stroke as long as you get the name right <laughs> Uh, but it was, a, it was a huge win, uh, popping ahead of St Johnston, and suddenly they've just they've it's still a gap to Ross County, but it looks a lot a lot better now, down at six points on a game in hand than it did before. And for a spell last night, uh, and I could hardly imagine things looking darker than they did on Saturday night. <laughs> but they were down, St Johnston were up, yeah, and, and suddenly it all turned around. And 
Dundee were, were chasing shadows at times as well with the Hearts. Uh, their movement was really good. Barry Mackay was excellent, uh, and Dundee were really struggling to get to grips with him. But they, they slowly, they could see they're a pretty poor goal. I, th- I think Liam Fontaine will, will maybe look back on that and think he should just take be a, a kind of experienced defender and, and just stop the attack and, and take out Barry Mackay. I think next time he, he would do ju- just that. But they built. They kind of kept themselves and they knocked one off the line. And then slowly as the first half came to a close, they started to, to build some pressure and then they followed that up in the second half and got their goals. And it was a miserable night as well. Got absolutely soaked in that bloody press box at Tynecastle. It's horrible. No, it's awful, it is. isn't it? It's the worst, it's the worst press box in, in the top flight. It's the, the newest one and it's the worst one. I don't know who designed it. but It's okay if the weather's nice. <laughs> But it was snowing last night, so uh, it wasn't particularly nice. But it is, de- it is designed that if there's any form of rain, snow, sleet, no. that it all comes in. And you, you typical selfish pressmen, <laughs> I think of the people that pay hundreds oh, yeah. of pounds for season tickets yeah. there. The slightest bit of rain, it just seems to get sucked right into I know, that new stand. It's just uh, so badly designed. I do feel sorry for all the. First world problem. All the home punters at the front of that stand, they all got soaked. But fair play to the, the Dundee fans who made the trip. There wasn't as many as there might have been in the past. <laughs> Not looking Saint at George <laughs> looking at Bear. <laughs> but that's understandable after Saturday, and as we said about maybe the, the feelings that chances of staying up. Plus, it was a miserable night, and it was a midweeker. But they certainly got the reward for for making the trip, and they all seemed to enjoy themselves. The players were very quick to go and uh, kind of join them. And James McPake didn't want to be too make too much of of the victory. It's just one one win, and they've obviously got a lot of work to do. But made the point that the players wanted to kind of pay back something to the fans because they they have stuck. Not all of them are stuck by the team, but they have done when it matters, and they got the reward last night. Bear, I'm sitting here thinking George is saying James McPeak doesn't want to make too much of the victory and I understand that and I was saying to you when we were coming in here that the funny habit Dundee have got when they're struggling and hearts are going well. They've, they've done this a few times at Tynecastle but I've seen Dundee and I've seen United win at Tynecastle a lot and I'm I'm racking my brains and my memory, which I've already shown today, isn't, isn't the best at times. For all these victories I've seen, I don't think I ever remember... United or Dundee going behind at Tynecastle and coming back to win. And I always think when you go to Tynecastle, if you can start well, if you can go ahead, the Hearts fans can quite quickly turn on their own team. But equally, if you go behind, as Dundee did in the first half, you can just be swamped. The crowd mm-hmm. got on top of you, the players. So it is, it's a hell of a result to come back, especially after Dundee's it's, recent run. It's quite, it was quite unbelievable Tom and George is right. I, I didn't make the trip last night. You know, um, I could have been Shame. there. I, I could have been there. I'm sorry <laughs> to say, uh, but I was. I was talked out by a few of my friends, and uh, I did. I did watch the game on on a stream, which was on a paper. Wait, 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 Is this a case of a bad boy made me not do it? <laughs> no, I'll take full responsibility <laughs> for it. Tom. Full responsibility. When you get to, when you get to 57, you've got to you've got to hold your hand up and say it was me. It was me who decided not to go. But it's quite remarkable. I mean. To come away with, with a result like that, I watched, as I say, watched it. George's spot on. Dundee started very shakily. They looked, they looked like they were a team that 
we're, we're heading one direction. That's, that's relegation. Hearts swamped him a wee bit. He done. He were off the pace. Um, Hearing was getting too much space in the middle of the park. He was feeding Barry Mackay, who was running an absolute riot and was and is a quality player and was, you know, done. He had real issues and the losing arse of goal. Big Lawlers come in. I watched him at Dumbarton. He had a reasonable game. He had a decent game. He was come for a few balls, but the ball goes right through him. You know, mm. and, and you think, oh, not again, here he, we go. You he, know, dropped because, on, he dropped on before it. Yeah, well. well, he did. He did. He had a shaky start. Yeah. He, and the one he dropped, if you look at it, it comes in, it's such a simple catch. I'm not sure if you saw it, Ewan, but it's such a simple catch. And he takes the ball. And I think it's, it might have been Sims who's beside him and also Liam Boyce. And they actually stop and turn to go back up the pitch because I think he's a bit kick it. And he, he, he turns and throws it towards the line. It's, it's really unbelievable. <laughs> Fortunately... Uh, Liam Fontaine was on the line but he gets back in time to pick it up but if one of them had been more alert to the situation they could have poked it in what a disaster that would have been for the lad mm -hmm. but as George said just before half time didn't he have a few periods of play and it, was, it, was, it, it stems through Charlie Adam as mm -hmm. everything does with Dundee anything that's, that, that's linked up it all starts with Charlie and it was Charlie and a wee bit of maybe a wee bit of uh, Paul McMullen and it was Charlie and a wee bit of Danny Mullen and, and Paul McMullen would link up with, with Rodden and you know, the, but they were just keeping the ball and they were passing the ball, and that's what you've got to do at that level. Mm. You can't just kick the ball and hope that the run's going to get on into it. You've got to give these guys a chance. And as George said, the start of the second half, they took that into the second half, which was encouraging. Hart still had a few chances. The big goal has made a few saves. The defence has done, has done well at certain times, but Dundee were getting up the park, and uh, you know, they get, they get a, a well worked equaliser again. Um, you know, Dan, got a wee bit of luck. Obviously, Danny Mullen's coming. A great ball. Uh, what's his name? McMullen comes in from the right, plays a, a reverse pass into, into Mullen. He gets in behind, tries to cross it, hits, it hits the hearts Civic. And unfortunately for him, it, it goes past Craig Gordon. But I think Dundee have been due a wee bit of luck, Jordan. Mm -hmm. they, they, yeah, have been, they have been a wee bit unfortunate in certain, mm -hmm. certain aspects of their play. But I'm watching Hearts, and, and you, the way Hearts play, I felt Dundee had a chance because they were getting up the park. Hearts only play with three men at the back. And often Suter, who I thought had a good game, steps out to, to add to the attack because they were struggling and there was big areas of space. Mm -hmm. Now, if you've got space to play in, it's Dundee having hard against a lot of teams this season. If you've got space and you've got guys like McMullen who've got a bit of pace, they brought on, uh, they made a couple of good changes. They brought on uh, Niall McGinn, who I didn't think had his best game against yeah. Ross County. He came on, an experienced guy. They brought on Max Anderson for Josh Mulligan. And they started, get the, they started, you know, creating opportunities. And, and Danny Mullen, before he got the winner, which was an excellent goal, you had a, a chance, again, a ball, it was a ball across the box, and he actually went to header it. And I think it hit his shoulder or something yeah, like that. It up, yeah. And it didn't go in, and you thought, that's it gone. But a similar thing again, they broke, Charlie Adams on the ball, they get it right. McGinn eventually gets it the second time, puts it into the box, and Danny Mullen gets in front of the man, and it's 2-1. And, you know, what an, what an absolute result for Dundee at that point in time because honestly I was thinking you know and I'm sure every Dundee fan was the same when they got beat from Ross County and, and you know that they were poor although they the lost bad goals but they played poorly in the second half against yeah. Ross County Ross County were the better team that's the third time Ross County have beaten them this season and I said on last week's podcast if you lose three times to a team who are effectively going to finish in the bottom six they might not but you, you would suspect, suspect they might you've got big problems to claw those nine points back but then they come up with that result. I was coming in here today, you know, prior to last night's game, thinking we're going to be, well, not writing <laughs> James McPake's epitaph, but certainly talking about it. Mm. 
and I've never seen, what, what a great result from him and he's done it so often that he's in his he's come up for three years as manager at Dens I mean there must be half a dozen times mm. when we've went his jacket's on a shoe we paid because of derby results because of poor results you know in, in the league in the, in the championship when they were struggling and he's always found a way now you've got to say sometimes you get lucky but you kind of just keep saying that's down to luck you know, he's, I think he's got so many... Jim McPake as a player was always... He had a bit of drive and determination. I think he's been unfortunate with, with some of the injuries he's had, but the squad looks pretty fit now. The squad is, is, is getting back into shape. Ashcroft must be getting pretty close. You'll be able to tell us about that, mm-hmm. that George. I, I do think that... I'm glad they got the boy Rossi in. I think Liam Fontaine, is, as well as he does, I think he is the weak link in, in the back line at times. You know, I think uh, you're right last night, Hart's first goal... As, as, as Barry Mackay goes past him, he's got to take one for the team. He mm. should be aware of that. Exactly. I was aware of that when he goes past him. And yeah, Barry, when I saw it, I thought this is going to be a as foul. Soon as, as soon as he lets Barry Mackay go past him, it's yeah. a two-on-one situation. Barry Mackay yeah. plays a perfect pass into the, into the guy Sims who's, who scores. So it's good that they're going to get a bit more cover in that area. Key for Dundee is keeping Charlie Adam fit and keeping him on the park. I know he's got limitations because of his age, but damn, the record's... George, you, you're the star that's, line. That's what the I was going to say. George, George highlighted earlier yeah. this mm. season that I think that, that at that point they'd only picked up one point without Charlie Adam in the team. Mm. And obviously a player that age whose mobility uh, is reduced uh, understandably gives the manager a selection problem because he needs legs around him. But is this further proof that if he's in the team... If you've got the Burns, the Andersons, the McMullins, players like that, Danny Mullen works hard up front, it can work and that could be yeah. a route to safety. I, I think so. It was a team with energy about it to go with Charlie Adam because I thought Rudden and Mullen were really good up top together. They held the ball you'll, up really well. See, I've seen a lot of Rudden at Partick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not giving this up. <laughs> I was really impressed with him actually uh, last night. I didn't, didn't think he had a great game against Ross County, although he scored a really good goal. He didn't hold the ball up that well against County. He did really well last night at, at Hearts, and him and Mullen linked up quite well. But yeah, I think getting the legs around Charlie is the kind of obvious thing, but they really they did that well uh, at, at Tynecastle. And Charlie Adam just brings a, a calmness at times. That, speaking to Lee Wilkie this week for his column and that's what he obviously I was asking him about, about the defending and the goals they conceded on Saturday he was going on about they're a bit anxious and, and the one where uh, Cammy Kerr and Ryan Sweeney collided that was just both trying to do the, the right thing but you just need to be a bit calmer and clever and uh, Chell Adam brings that there was, there's times when he just he brings the ball down under pressure in the middle of the park and just lays it off to somebody and it, that just makes such a difference to a team in Dundee's position um, and they were able to keep the ball at times when earlier in the season they wouldn't have and they, they, they'd have lost it and been back on the, on the back foot but I agree with Bear the squad is looking a lot healthier now that obviously the new signings come in boys are back from injury Lee Ashcroft isn't far away and Zeno's oh. arrived at last. Zeno, Rosé must be the latest deal in, in the transfer <laughs> history, <laughs> I think. <laughs> nine days. <laughs> nine days after the deadline uh, shuts, somehow they managed to, to get him in, um, which obviously they need as a centre-back. They could have done with him a wee bit earlier, maybe. Uh, but he's in. Um, and 
interesting to see what he built like. I wasn't overly impressed with him at Kelly last season, but he went back to Bournemouth. He played a few games for them in the championship. He got a good run at the start of the season. Scott Parker obviously sees something in him. Uh, I think, George, I think I just need to cover. If you look at Sweeney, yeah. Sweeney and uh, Fontaine, they're two left-footed yeah. central defenders, and that gives you a big problem. I, I saw Fontaine on, on Saturday against Ross County. He actually ran round the ball to kick it up the yeah. That's something you very rarely see in professional football. <laughs> you know, it's more likely an amateur going, going to do that. But it's all, it must be awkward for him because he is predominantly left-footed. And yeah. when you've got two of them on that side, it gives you an, a wee uh, bit of an issue. And, and you've also got your best right-back playing at left-back as well. So yeah. you can see there's an imbalance in the, t- in the team there. So it'll be good if this guy comes out. But he may be left-sided as well. I can't remember <laughs> if he is or not. I can't you know. remember either, but... Um, Don't ask me, I can't remember <laughs> anything. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, I think the, I think Liam Fontaine's been a really good signing for Dundee, but maybe relying on him week in, week mm-hmm. out is maybe just a bit much at his stage of the career. Not for fitness, he hasn't had a problem with that this season, but I think maybe just the, the consistency maybe hasn't been there. And I think having an extra body that you can just pop Fontaine out and a new body in will help. As I say, Lee Ashcroft is has been back running. Um, and from what I hear, he wants to be playing already, but they're having to tell him to calm down because it was a bad hamstring injury and you can't take any chances with that. I'd be um, glad to have to tell him to calm see, down. Just, just <laughs> say, George, and the, one thing I noticed last night, and it was in stoppage time, what was everybody thinking when Ryan Sweeney was baking up the left wing with the ball? <laughs> I don't know. I had my head down, as I see do at the end of the game, Typing away and, and getting the the match port. Sorry, and then I looked up and suddenly Ryan Sweeney's run down the left wing. And no Dundee player near him. Did I have no idea how no, he got there. I, I can't remember, he, but he got it just about ten yards outside the box, and he just he just That's took right. off. Right. And then he was running out of steam, and I thought, is he going to go and have a shot at the goal here? Because he was clever, though. He did. He was yeah. clever because what he could have done, you know, he'd shot and Craig Gordon had, had taken it. You've got your centre half there, and the ball's suddenly mm. back in your sort of eighteen. But he took it away at the corner, so. I, I think he's been really good. If I was a manager, I might have heard Where are you going? Where are you going? I get annoyed when I watch games where I've got no interest in either team when it's, there's only one goal in it and defenders go forward in the last 10 minutes. I'm like, no. <laughs> so I think it's a generational thing. <laughs> See, I'm like, yeah, you don't. I know. You're not a gambler, are you? That's the thing. I, I can tell that. I can tell that for previous parts. You're not. I'm, I'm, I'm the opposite of you. I want my defender to go up. Let's get another goal. I'm I'm a risk taker with football. I don't want a one 0 win. I want a two 0 win. <laughs> a win's a win, Ewan. <laughs> Interesting one last night, uh, George Adam Legsdens, whose name I always try to avoid. Saying. That was good. Was that, that good? Was, was, right. that okay? that was spot on. It was better than the Dundee announcer on Saturday. Well, <laughs> why he no play? Uh, he was injured. Um, was he injured or was he injured? He's. Uh, <laughs> He's been, well. He wasn't on the bench, so he was injured. I've just realised. I'm, I'm just having. I know. A bad, I'm having a bad podcast. I've just realised. <laughs> winks don't work on a podcast. He, um, I, I get the feeling Lawler may have played anyway uh, after Saturday, but um, he's been carrying a, a knee injury, and it, he, he didn't play the Dumbarton game because he'd been feeling that bit. Um, so that, that's why he was out. Um, I think. It, if he'd just been dropped, he would have been on the bench, I would say. Because Harry Sharp was on the bench. He's, he, Tom, he's 
Adam Legsden for me has lost confidence. He's not the same keeper he was twelve months. Well, ago. maybe that injury. I don't know. Yeah. Sometimes yeah, well, you never I, I, know with these I, things. I could have, but I mean, yeah. you can. He should have saved that one as hard. Well, he, he should have, but you're, you one can go, you can go uh, back to the Ross County game up at, yeah. you know, you, you lost one there that you should have saved. I felt he maybe could have done better at Pittori, but, but uh, Ferguson, it was a good strike, but I thought it went through him. The goals against Livingston, it goes through him, you know. And yeah. I think it's, it's not just the goals, it's he, last season he was coming and taking crosses, he was coming and punching the ball, and as a keeper who's low on confidence, so I think I was, a, I was surprised. When, when after the Dumbarton game, when they brought in Lawler, and he, he, you know, he had a couple of shaky moments, but he came for crosses, mm-hmm. he kicked the ball well, he got a clean sheet, I would have kept him in the team. And then last night, of course, and he loses that goal, and you go, no, again, it's gone, <laughs> right, it went right through him, but he's a, he is a, a tall man, I don't know what height he is, but he looks 6'4", uh, yeah. you, you know. Something like that, yeah. And it looked like his feet were planted, and he just couldn't move them quickly enough, and it's just gone right under him. But then he goes on to have a really good game, you and he goes on. Mm-hmm. He comes mm-hmm. for he comes for a couple. Of, he comes for a cross that he should catch, but he punches. But that's not the worst thing in the world. At least he's come for the cross. I always think that's better than standing on your line. And then he makes a couple of great saves in the second half. And you know, I think you well, know. I'm, I'm just getting a message here, Bear. It's, yeah. it's for you. Your membership of the goalkeepers <laughs> union has yeah. been revoked. We <laughs> understand. Look, I'm a big fan of Adam Legs. I think he was a big part. Him and Paul McMullen especially were, were, were one of the main reasons that Dundee got themselves out of the championship. But like any goalkeeper, I know myself, he is lacking a wee bit of confidence at this point in time. And I think Lawler deserves a, a wee run in the team. And if that can help get a few points on the board, then why not? Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got two good goalkeepers there. And it could help Legsdens as well over the piece, get over the injury, get himself back into a wee mm-hmm. bit, you know, frame of mind where he, he knows that, you know, I'm going to have to really start getting back to where I was if I'm going to get yeah. Lawler out of the team. Well, James Smith actually asked him about the goalkeeper last night and, and he said, I feel like I've got two number ones, basically. And it's just a bit, Legstons has had the gloves, but we haven't seen Lawler, but he feels like they're both at a level that he, he's not worried about picking either of them. Um, I think the best save that Lawler had to make last night was actually from Liam Fontaine. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was just about another OG. It know? looked <laughs> certain to be a goal, yeah. The, the one in the vet in stoppage time was, it was yeah, good it as well. Yeah, it and looking ahead, Ewan, if I can come to you here, uh, Scottish Cup for Dundee, you'll know all about Peterhead. <laughs> it's a fishing, it's a fishing port. Well, I actually went to Peterhead Prison during the summer, so yeah, I do know a little bit about oh, it. We'll all Fam- know about that. We're, 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 t- we're, we're trying not to speak about it. Ewan. Family or friends? <laughs> well, it was actually it was actually uh, built by Jill as a family day out, and I thought we're going to prison for a day out. <laughs> and but they left actually, you there. Let's be. I'll be honest. It is actually a good day out, to be honest with you. But yeah, I've been in Peterhead a couple of times. Um, it's you, when games are changed for television. There's always that little edge. You're thinking, did TV way, know I'm something? I'm asking you about the cup tie because George has had to leave to set off for Peterhead for a <laughs> Monday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I mean, when they are changed for television, there is a little bit about you thinking, does TV know something that we don't know here? Are they thinking that there could be a little bit of upset? And at the time when they changed it, maybe they thought that, but I think on the back of that win last night, I would expect Dundee to go there and just do enough, do the job and get just through. Just do enough. Well, they might do more than enough, you know, they might come away with a comfortable win. They went to Dumbarton and they got the win, didn't they, you know? Um, and that was probably a tricky tricky place to go at that point. Um, and this is another difficult tra- uh, a diff- another difficult game for them going up the road there. So, yeah, um, I, think they'll, I think they'll get through, but I think um, I think the fact it's on Monday night just adds a little bit of edge to it than it would than an ordinary Saturday three o'clock kickoff would have. 
George, I mean, it would be great to win the Scottish Cup and it would be great to have a, even just a great Scottish Cup run, but if there's one downside to the Hearts victory, is it the timing? Although Dundee are desperate for points, so they'll take them any time. But now they've got a Scottish Cup tie, followed by a clash with Celtic, which they would probably like. They've, they've then got St Mirren towards the end of the month at home. They would much rather have St Mirren at home this weekend, wouldn't they? I think the St Mirren is the big one because that's the game in hand. That was the rearranged one that was uh, called off because of the wind. But I wouldn't be too concerned with, with the way... Um, I've just realised I didn't update the, the, the fixtures on on that list. I'm wondering why they're playing Ross County on, on Saturday. But um, I, I wouldn't be too worried with the way the... Uh, See, you know fixtures how I covered for I know your you mistake did, where when I made a mistake, you were just like, what are you on about? It, to- <laughs> it totally threw me. I was like, they've played Ross County. Are you not um, fed up watching them play Ross County this season? <laughs> I think so. No, they'll play them every weekend until they get it right, you. <laughs> what they do, they seem to win the game after, though. That's the thing. Um, I think they, they give them money might be a, a good one. You can you can get a second win on the bounce. You can, you can keep that kind of good feeling going. It takes the pressure off the manager as well. Not expected to get anything at Celtic the way Celtic are going. Uh, although Aberdeen gave him a bit of a bloody nose last night, so that, that could give a, maybe a, a wee glimmer of light. But I'm not too worried about that. I, I think that's okay because, as I say, you're not expected to get anything from Celtic. You can add that they should get a cup win on Saturday, on Saturday, on, on Monday. Getting a cup, yeah, Scottish Cup quarter final. <laughs> Monday's when you arrive. Scottish Cup quarter final is not to be sniffed at. I think that I don't like it. You see a lot down south and teams at the bottom of the Premier League kind of give up in the cups and put their B team and, and just want to get out so they can concentrate. I, I think it adds to your season if you can get some wins on the board. I think it helps. There's also a bit of uh, edge, I think, on Monday night's game. Jim McAnally, I don't think, has been too happy with Dundee this season. So, um, why? Please because explain. They, they drew each other in the Challenge Cup uh, earlier this season, and I think there's, there's a three Dundee players on loan at Peterhead, and Dundee decided that they couldn't play for Peterhead and they would play for Dundee under 20s. And he wasn't happy with that uh, that plan. I don't think one Dun- thing I can guarantee you if Jim McAnally is not happy with Dundee, Dundee will know because he will <laughs> yeah, have told them. <laughs> And they obviously took back Josh Mulligan, who had been excellent for them. Although I, I get the, the feeling Peter Ed would have would have expected that. Um, so yeah, actually in that Challenge Cup game, I think he made clear his his objections because he put his goalkeeper on in the last minute up front, which nobody oh, noticed. Did he? he did. So brilliant. Uh, what show was that? Did he not have a, like, a green or yellow? <laughs> no, he's got his gloves as he's running towards goal. <laughs> came on as an outfield player, and I don't think Andy really picked up on it. I, I didn't until afterwards because he just—he was just a player. He was in an outfield kit. It wasn't until afterwards I was like, is he not supposed to be a goalkeeper? Well, hopefully, he starts the boy up front <laughs> on Monday night just to give Dundee a wee help. Yeah. Can I just say, Tom, obviously they've changed before we move on, they changed the game on Monday night. Now, everyone will know, will know that Monday night is Valentine's night, so that's <laughs> going to give Dundee fans quite quite a bit of a predicament mm-hmm. whether they go to the Scottish Where Cup. Are you tag. asking me for a date? Mm-hmm. 
I'll see you after. I've got your number. Did they go to the Scottish Cup down Peter Head, or did they take their loved ones out? Or they could maybe maybe combine. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah. Think? Yeah. Yeah, I think I, so. You know, take them for a wee romantic, a romantic, chips. a romantic meal. This way, I've never been to a romantic, Peterhead, me- but it's getting more and more appealing <laughs> as beer speaks. Yeah. A romantic <laughs> meal at Peterhead Prison. Yeah, yeah. Or just to the just to the game and to the pie stall. You know, it's not <laughs> go too far. Yeah. It's good fish and chips up there. That, that's there you go. That, You're looking forward to this, John. Yeah, I've got family up that neck of the woods, so I've, I've been up there quite a lot. So. I, d- I feel I'm d- money is money and, and the game needs it, but I just feel these kind of trips, fans, you love those kind of trips yeah. Uh, yeah, on a Saturday yeah. as a fan. There was there was and actually... It's not the same on a Monday yeah, night. I think there was buses already booked out for for the trip up to Peterhead. I think a lot of Dundee fans were looking forward to it and they weren't very happy mm-hmm. when it got moved, which is sad. Hopefully, some make the trip. You've got to see as well. I mean, it, I mean, for Dundee, you were talking about the cup. It's important that they get through this because they haven't had a cup run for for quite a while now. I can't remember the last time being this. When you get a start man on about. It's, it's been quite a few years. Kevin McDonald was playing been, for them. <laughs> yeah, you're going you're going back a fair bit. I mean, that was Gretna semi. I was, of course, it was Tom. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I remember that one. That was, that was a good day spoiled by the football. If I remember yes. that as well. But uh, no, it's important financially to get through. It's important to keep the, the, the momentum the momentum going, eh? But the big thing for me as well, you talk about the fans, they'll get through, if they get through, they'll have four ties, four quarterfinal ties, and I guarantee you'll be lucky if you get one of them played on a Saturday at three o'clock, mm. which is ultimately disappointing, you know? Well, on that disappointing note, we'll <laughs> move on to give, after this, we'll give Ewan great joy. Right, Ewan, you've, You've begged for it, you've pleaded for it, you're wearing your arbroath. What's that called? Snood. Snood, snood. Well done. Was, from Friday to Wednesday, is this the moment that everybody suddenly believes your beloved arbroath are going to get automatic promotion to the Premier League? Well, first of all, I'll say you've deliberately spoken for ages so that this bit's cut down to about 30 <laughs> seconds in the edit. I know that's, that's, what, your, I know that's what your game is. But, <laughs> but no, on a serious note, I was I was there on Friday night um, as a as a punter with my son, Jackson, and um, I both were excellent against Kilmarnock. They really, they, they didn't let Kilmarnock play at all. Um, they, they harried, they chased down every ball. They won back. They, they, they deserved to win 1-0. Um, I've said that on this podcast before. I both are top of the league because they deserve to be top of the league. They've only lost three games this season. I think Kilmarnock have lost eight games this season in their second place. I, I just they they are to be honest with you. Um, people go on about the part time thing as well. I've watched them time and time again. I've never seen a game where in the last couple of minutes of of the game where they've tired and the full time team has taken over. They're every bit as fit as the other sides in the league. Is there a team phys- physically stronger than them? I, I, that's a good point you're making, and I think I think that's the problem Kilmarnock had was that they're not. You know, Kilmarnock have got some fantastic players, um, and and the midfield is. You know, they've 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 added players in the in the transfer window. You know, they've added um, Dean Campbell from Aberdeen on loan. They've added Declan Glass from Dundee United. So obviously we know about him, and he's a quality player. But in that midfield, you've got guys like Michael McKenna who. 
it's so much more than just somebody that scores goals. He has scored a lot of goals this season. He's somebody that digs in and rolls his sleeves up. You've got Nicky Lowe that we all know started his career at Dundee. He is a terrific football player and he's a player you want on the side when, when your chips are down. He's playing with a smile on his face too. Constantly. I saw him on the TV on Friday night. He was he was having a bit of... He was taking a corner and he's having turned around and he was having a laugh with the Kilmarnock fans. Yeah, it's funny because my mother-in-law watched the game and she made that point. My mother doesn't watch a lot of football, right? And, and it's funny to hear her take on football sometimes. And she said, that boy Nicky Lowe looks like he was just out playing a game of football with his pals in the street. He was running about smiling and laughing all the time. I said, that's the way he plays football. And I think it's, it's great to see. See, when you're a supporter and you're watching one of your players and he's genuinely enjoying himself and, he's, and enjoying every second, you can relate to that. Um, I think the supporters like that. I think the biggest thing, and I've said this before, the biggest strength that our both have got is the... The, the sense of togetherness and the, and they use the hashtag now togetherness as, as their club motto and it's not just the players on the park it's not just the ones on the sideline it's everybody that's talking about hey, I'm going to give Julie the tea lady a mention here Julie the tea lady's been there for years but the players absolutely they, they, they relate to the job that she does and how that feeds into what they're doing the community is really close together um, the, it's just it's just, a, as, as Dick Campbell says, it's just a lovely, lovely place to be. And genuinely, right? Genuinely, and I know I missed a positivity, I do believe our both are going to win the league. Is he getting carried away, boys? <laughs> no, I think everything's going our both's way at the moment. If you look at Friday night, played well, but the goal was, I would say, a goalkeeper error. Be honest, yeah, but it went it was both way, and then the game's last was it night. the way the goalkeeper sort of caught it and dropped it? Yeah, it made you think that, yeah, they um, did deserve it though, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, you can argue with it, but they got a wee bit of luck with that. Then the, the game's last night, they score a very late goal to, to equalize mm -hmm. it, and Kelly somehow, I think they were leading, weren't they? Did they throw yeah. away a lead at air? These sort of things they, they kind of add up, and it, it only adds to their confidence that. No matter what's going to happen, they're going to come away with a result and they're, they're going to stay in their position. I think it's it's all going our both way and it's all going against my team as well. We're not even playing and we fell even further behind at the bottom. So. You could be facing a double relegation this season, George. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, Bear, we'll, get, we'll try to finish on a brighter note. It, it, it doesn't matter what the expectation for a team was. It doesn't matter the size of the club. doesn't matter that they're part-time. If you're five points ahead at the top of the league at this time of the year you've got a chance don't you you do and I mean Kilmarnock Just the chance, you, you, you obviously, obviously <laughs> think Kilmarnock because of their resources that they are going to claw you back but they've had a couple of mate obviously you've just beaten them and then they go and slip up so their confidence of taking a real a real shock and I always felt that, that our growth would get, would get pulled back in but you know what the winning line's in sight the winning line mm -hmm. and once you see mm -hmm. that winning line it's going to be very difficult because they look incredibly solid Ewan. Uh, they, yeah. they don't mm -hmm. look I mean, I'm not saying they're going to win every game, but they'll look as though they're capable of picking up points. And I mean, you've got a five-point lead at the top. That means that other teams have got to keep picking up points to go past you. I, I, you know, that draw last night, what they, they pulled out the hat late on, obviously. But what a big point it, it could be at the end of the season. But it is, it's a bit, it's a bit Leicester-esque. You can see, they suddenly, they're, yeah, they're, they're, in, they're in front and, and you think, they'll always get, they're going to, somebody's going to peg them back. But as I say, the winning line's getting closer and closer. It was, so it was around this time of the season with Leicester and everybody was waiting for it to stop and they went to Man City, if I remember, and won very comfortably and everybody went, something went oh. And that puts pressure on the, the other clubs and Arbroath would be disappointed if they didn't hang on to first place 
but they'd be delighted if they were in the playoffs. And if they don't get promoted, they'll still be delighted with a great season, and quite rightly so. So they're maybe the team that doesn't have the same pressure as the others, Ewan. Yeah, let's be honest. I mean, they, 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 as much as I'm Mr. Positivity and I'm always saying the, the best things, I didn't expect Arbroath to win the league this year, right? I didn't. And I didn't. And I, I did expect they would make a good fist of getting into the playoffs because I thought they were a better side than people had given credit for. But even at that, it would have been an outside chance to get up there. Um, but Dick Campbell says himself, and, and I know Dick Campbell plays it down all the time, he says, I couldn't give a monkeys if, if, we, if, we, if we finished... Um, in the playoffs I don't think he really believes that to be honest with you at this stage I think Dink Campbell deep down is thinking the end line is in sight let's keep let's keep focused we've got a real opportunity here um, and I think the players are that are so focused and so professional that I think they will be realising deep down there is a real opportunity here so let's see if they can do it I mean I think I think it's just been a fantastic season for Abroth, like you say, regardless. I think the, the town is absolutely buzzing. The one thing I'd like to say about Friday night that maybe wasn't, well, it maybe was apparent on the television, the amount of young people yeah, that are going did. to watch Abroth, it's, it's just incredible. I mean, I think the future is really, really bright for Abroth because people are walking about the town, all the young people are walking about with Abroth hats on, Abroth strips on, Abroth the adults are wearing the snoods. It's the town, genuinely, the town is really, really behind the club right now and it's a fantastic time. Do you class yourself as an adult wearing that snood? <laughs> no, I was playing with my toys while you were talking about Dundee, so I don't know. <laughs> Great stuff. Long way to continue for our growth. And that is all we've got time for if that's okay with you, Ewan, is there anything else you no. want to say? No, that's, I've got my 10 seconds about our bro, if it's fine. 10 seconds, 10, 10 seconds. minutes more like. Great stuff. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it. Or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people find Twa Teams One Street and that means a lot to us. Don't forget to pick up your copy of the Tilly Monday to Saturday for all the latest from Dens and Tannadice or go to thetilly.co.uk to find out how you can get the paper delivered right to your door. <laughs>